The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, December 3rd, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. A lot to get into. Let's start off with a transfer portal. I think there's going to be a lot of action in the near future in the portal from what I've been told. Who do you think Ohio State might lose? They've already lost Jack Miller. Who else do you think they might lose? And um, what position groups do you think they're going to be focused on as far as bringing guys into the program here at Ohio State? Yeah, if, if Ohio State is poised to lose quite a bit of people here, I would not be surprised. I mean, if you look at the transfer portal over the last several weeks, since pretty much since the season ended, it has been a slew of kids. Right now, with the free pass, with the transfer rule, it's basically free agency on steroids. So you have a lot of guys who are going to be looking for opportunities to, to get their chance to shine. And I, I think Ohio State, you know, as far as the offensive line, that's going to be a position to keep an eye on because they have some guys kind of buried down there on that on that depth chart that may not see the field. So it, it's going to be interesting to see where those guys actually head because even though you're going to be losing Thera Mumford, probably Nicholas Petit Ferrer, you're you still have a slew of guys that may not be Ohio State quality offensive linemen. I think uh, Greg Stadradra, the stud, the offensive line coach, missed on a lot of his high-end offensive line targets, so he ended up backfilling that position with some guys that may not ever see the field here. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see some guys uh, hit the portal there. But as far as Ohio State looking um, for guys in the portal, I think it's absolutely critical that they go into the portal, try to find at least two linebackers, because the fact that we didn't have enough healthy linebackers to run uh, a defense to stack the box against Michigan is awful. Um, either that or they need to develop the guys that they currently have. I, I believe that they need some massive defensive tackles. The guys that they had up there, I believe that they're too light in the pants. You need some more 300-plus-pound big belly guys in there that's going to be hard to move from the point of attack. And at, at the safety position, I think they definitely need to upgrade at the safety position because when Proctor went down, you were in a position to where you were playing guys that weren't necessarily playing at a high level all season. And you don't want to put yourself in that position again. Because of the recruiting misses in the past, the safety position has been – kind of a sore spot these last several years because you had Alex Grinch that was in the fold as, as the coach and he didn't like to recruit. He was a pretty awful recruiter there. So when he left and Greg Schiano left, it really left that position bare because you missed out on some of your top guys. You you had Jordan Battle 
who committed to Alabama decommit, which was a big, big blow to the secondary. So those are the three positions that I'm looking at that they definitely need to get a look at. And obviously, if Elias Ricks, the cornerback from LSU, wants to come, you will take him in with open arms because he's a day one starter on this team if he decided to transfer. Yeah, no doubt. I, I hope and I think they will hit the defensive portal hard. I also won't be surprised if they land a tight end in the portal, but I think mostly it's going to be focused on the defensive side of the ball. I, I hope so, and I, I think it will. Let's look at recruiting. As I said, there's a ton to get into on today's show. Buckeyes landed Devin Brown a couple of days ago. Young man out of Utah, the number five quarterback in the country, was committed to USC, decommitted from USC, has committed to Ohio State. Your thoughts on him, high four-star prospect. What are your thoughts on Devin Brown being a Buckeye? Unbelievable that you're able to pull this guy with the quarterback room that you currently have. Uh, losing out on Jack Miller definitely opens up a spot, but what you essentially have now is a quarterback in every class. And that tells me that, you know, the quarterbacks all across the country, they view Ryan Day in the lens of the quarterback whisperer, a guy that if you can go to Ohio State, you're going to put up tremendous numbers. And this kid said it best. He's betting on himself. And I love a kid with that type of confidence that he thinks that if he goes to Ohio State, he gets developed, he's going to be a primetime player. And you want that out of your quarterback. I threw on this film yesterday after he after he committed and that boy can actually spin that football. He threw for 60-plus touchdowns, ran for another almost 500 yards. So he he's not necessarily pegged as a dual-threat quarterback, but he can run the football if asked. And the, the thing that you really have to like about him, what a lot of people have been saying is, one, leadership, toughness, but he can make every throw. And the fact that he's not afraid of competition speaks loudly to me. Yeah, no doubt about that. You got to love a kid that does not fear competition at all. All right, let me ask you this, though. I agree with you. I mean, his film looks great. I love him as a prospect if you just look at that in a vacuum. But the number one quarterback in the country is in Ohio in the same class, Drew Aller, and he's going to Penn State. Thank goodness he's not going to Michigan or something like that. Did the Buckeyes miss the boat with Drew Aller? And I know it's, it's tough because they had Quinn Ewers in that class, and he was considered like the next Trevor Lawrence. He reclassified. They did a great job getting Devin Brown. This is nothing against Devin Brown. I'm just curious what you think about this Drew Aller situation because he's the highest rated quarterback to come out of Ohio ever. I think he's rated higher than Braxton Miller. I, is Ohio State going to regret this, Jay Book? Uh, when you look at Ohio State's quarterback room, you're not going to re regret it in the aspect that your quarterback play is going to drop off and you missed out on a guy who could really elevate your program. Where it would be kind of troubling is because he's going to Penn State, you know, your Big Ten East rival here. So if he goes to Penn State and really balls out, which a lot of people think he will, then, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of steam. But I don't think the steam's going to be, you know, so painful that it's, it's going to really bug Ohio State fans because you look at the quarterback room, you have guys that are going to be good. And I just think the timing of yours reclassifying played a significant role in that. If they knew that yours was going to reclassify early on in the process, I think that they would have made a much harder push for Aller. The thing with, 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 with Aller and the quarterbacks is he committed fairly early to James Franklin and Penn State. When you're trying to get these top-level quarterbacks here, it's all about relationships. I don't know how that kid feels about, you know, being a plan B prospect 
to Quinn Ewers in the state of Ohio. Maybe he's one of those kids that wants a chip on his shoulder, wants to prove Ohio State wrong. But at the end of the day, Ohio State has their guy. They have a loaded quarterback room. I have no doubt in my mind if this kid lives up to the hype, he's going to be a heck of a football player for Penn State. But I just think the timing of Ewers reclassifying kind of threw things off because you're essentially trying to jump right back into the mix and try to flip this kid. But at the same time, you're telling him you were our plan B guy to Queen Ewers. Jay Book, I'm into all this stuff, man. The portal, recruiting, but there is nothing that I am more intrigued about than what Ohio State's going to do with their coaching staff, specifically defensive coordinator. What do you think Ohio State's going to do with defensive coordinator? Do you think it's going to be somebody from the outside? And if let me just throw this in. If it is somebody from the outside, which I hope and think it will, I don't think it's going to be a big splash name. I think it's going to be somebody uh, maybe a little bit off our radar because we've seen that time and time again. Chris Ash, nobody was talking about him. Nobody was talking about Jeff Halfley on the offensive side of the ball. Nobody was talking about Tom Herman when Urban was hired. So I think it might be somebody a little bit off the radar. What do you think is going to happen with defensive coordinator and maybe some other staff changes for the Buckeyes? Yeah, you make a great point about some of the – off the radar type of guys that have been brought in here and have done a really good job. To me, I think this is probably one of the most critical pivot points in Ryan Day's career here at Ohio State. He has to fix this defense. There is no if and buts about it. You cannot go three years in a row with having this defense being a problem. I, I think you're going to be looking at a situation where Larry Johnson is on the brink of retiring. There's speculation that that may happen here in the offseason. If not, they're probably looking at one-year max out of Larry. I think Matt Barnes has the potential to stay. But other than that, I can see Al Washington being asked to look for other opportunities. And with Kerry Combs, I can see them looking to potentially move on from Kerry or having him just be a position coach. So they have a lot of moving parts here. I like Kerry Cones just as a cornerback coach and a recruiter. I don't know if you can pay Kerry Cones that type of salary just to be a corners coach because his value has dramatically dropped now that he's not able to call the plays. But you got to bring in a guy who's going to be able to fix that defense. And the most important aspect of that is Ryan Day needs to allow whoever he brings in to run his own defense. The problem that we've had over the last couple seasons is Ryan Day was gun-ho in running the single high safety that Jeff Halfley brought to the table. That is a Seattle Seahawks defense, and a lot of people believe that that defense is somewhat outdated right now. It, people know how to attack it. And if you're going to bring in a guy, he needs to be able to be comfortable to run that defense uh, of his own and be able to teach it properly. I think the problem that Ohio State ran into this season and last season is you brought in Kerry Combs and you brought in Matt Barnes to, to call a defense that they're not necessarily comfortable with because your head coach is saying that's the defense I want to run because of the prior success under Jeff Halfley. So to me, he has to get it right on the defense. On the offensive side of the ball, a lot of smoke out there that uh, Stud is going to be out. at With Stud, you can't be a poor recruiter and not also develop your position group. That's a double whim. I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Alfred is a finalist for the Colorado State job after Steve Adazio has, um, you know, been fired there. Tony Alfred was part of a, is one of the finalists at the last recruiting uh, cycle there or coaching cycle there. And 
there's a lot of people that think Justin Fry from UCLA, the offensive line coach, he's the heavy favorite to potentially replace Studs. Uh, he was up there at Boston College as well, played at Indiana, been at UCLA for the last couple of years. So a lot of people think that he's going to be the guy. So as far as moving pieces here, Kevin Wilson, I think he was, you know, once a finalist for the Akron job. I don't think he's going to get it. Um, I think they're going to give that to Joe Moorhead from what it sounds like. So Kevin Wilson would probably stay. So you're probably going to have the bulk of your offensive staff staying put um with besides stuff potentially being let go so right now ryan day has a lot of big decisions to make uh this is going to be critical for him as a head football coach here at ohio state to get that defense fixed and the most important thing to me dave is he needs to get that toughness back get that swag back because ohio state has been soft anytime you have michigan coaches calling you out to the carpet saying that your program is is soft that is a wake-up call to him, that is a wake-up call to Mickey Marotti and everybody in that program to say, hey, whatever we were doing, everybody and everything needs to be reevaluated because we need to get back to playing a nasty brand of football. And the last thing that you want is to be known as a coach who let this program slip to a place to where you're being considered a finesse Big 12 team. First of all, I'm surprised Kevin Wilson would even want the Akron job. Like, you're the offensive coordinator at Ohio State making over a million dollars. You're going to take a pay cut to go be the head coach at Akron. Like, he's probably a blessing in disguise he didn't get that job. Last thing, I think you and I disagree about this. I feel like Ohio State, not mathematically, I just feel like they have no chance of making the college football playoff at this point. And I don't think they deserve to make the college football playoff. You probably agree on the latter point, but I think you believe there still is maybe a little, you know, a shot in the dark here. Can Ohio State still make the college football playoff, in your opinion? I agree with you. I don't think they deserve it. And I don't, I question where this team's head is at mentally and physically right now after taking that whooping from Michigan. But I, I could see a situation to where, if all hell breaks loose on Saturday to where Oklahoma State gets beat by Baylor, Alabama gets drummed by Georgia, and then you have a situation where Notre Dame, Michigan, and Georgia are right there in the top three, who are you, who are you going to take? Because do you, will the committee want a rematch with a two-loss Alabama and Georgia? And I don't think the committee is very high on, on Georgia. Now, I don't think any of this is going to happen. I think Ohio State is going to the Rose Bowl, but this is just a, a you know, doomsday scenario to where everything just kind of falls their way. And if Baylor beats Oklahoma State, you're going to have a situation where you have Alabama, Baylor, and Ohio State. Who do you, who do you put in there for that fourth spot? Because you already have uh, you know, Notre Dame there as a non-conference champion but I, I just think that Notre Dame will probably get in there with Cincinnati it is the the way it's shaking out Dave Ohio State they're not going to get in I would you know you and I were going going back and forth on social media and I was throwing a bunch of what ifs out just to, you know drum up some conversation but you know when you look at it I just don't think this program want any piece of Georgia even if they got in I don't know where they would be at mentally right now. And if Michigan's able to push them around in the trenches like that, I don't know what Georgia would do to them. It, it would be pretty bad. But for Ohio State, you know, you probably want 
and theoretically Michigan to win. I know you don't want the hot no, 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 <laughs> I know the fans no, no, blasphemy. <laughs> Go Hawkeyes. Go Iowa. <laughs> I'm, I'm right with you, but do you want the Rose Bowl? Or do you probably want the Peach Bowl? Or I don't the, care. Or the I want Bowl? Iowa to win. I want Iowa to win, period. <laughs> I don't care about like, dot, dot, dot after that. Like, I, Iowa. Yeah, I now, listen, I don't think Iowa's going to win, but I'm rooting for them big time tomorrow night. You know, I, I, it, it reminds me of, you know, U.S., the U.S. old hockey win when they were playing Russia. You, you beat Russia in the semifinals, but you still got to get up to go play Finland in, Finland. in the championship. <laughs> <laughs> in the championship there. So you, uh, and the, the thing is, is Iowa, they're pretty future on offense, and I think Michigan's going to shut them down. And I, I hope Iowa could put an upset there because the way Jim Harbaugh and Josh Gattis, they've been running their mouth here these last, this past week. Act like you've been there before, Jimmy. Oh, I forgot. You haven't you never haven't been, been there before. That's why, <laughs> that's why you're out here showboating and breakdancing in the end zone because you've never scored before. So I, I'm curious to see how they come out and play. Are they so, you know, on cloud nine that – you know, they played their best football game that they've played in probably nine years to the and now you gotta show up against Iowa who's gonna be there to hit you in the mouth on defense. So I'm I'm curious to see how it turns out. But I hope Iowa wins as well. At this point, Dave, I don't even care if they go to the Citrus Bowl, the Red Box Bowl, whatever you want to call it. I just think that you have to start getting those younger guys some bowl rep opportunities to start developing them because the time is now. You're probably going to be having coaches looking for jobs uh, as well. So I don't know how invested they're going to be in trying to get this team ready to play at a maximum level. But I hope Iowa thumps Michigan, but chances are Michigan's probably going to pull that game out. And worst case scenario, you go to the Rose Bowl, you get a rematch with Oregon, or you're going to play Utah. We'll find that out tonight. Great stuff from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it. Jay Book. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much as well. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's hear the Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.